It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Locked On MLB Fantasy Minute is presented by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is the most fun I've had playing daily fantasy baseball and winning up to 25 times my money. Download the app today and use the code Locked On MLB for a first deposit match up to $100. Exploring my skills on Prize Picks this season adds an extra layer of excitement to daily fantasy sports. With just a few taps, you can transform $10 into $1,000 if you've got the skills. Prize Picks is incredibly user friendly. I can make my selections and submit my entry in less than 60 seconds. As the host of Locked On Fantasy Baseball, here are some rock solid picks. Opt for Shohei Otani to have less than 38.5 home runs this season. Opt for Bobby Miller to have higher than 150.5 strikeouts this season. And for Bryce Harper to have higher than 97.5 ribbies this season. Download the app today and use the code LOCKEDONMLB for first deposit match up to $100. Again, download the app today. Use the code LOCKEDONMLB for first deposit match up to $100. Pick more, pick less. It's that easy. You are Locked On Mets, your daily New York Mets podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello to all you amazing Mets fans who are listening to Locked On Mets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. To get this show every day, follow us wherever you get your podcast. You can also tell your smart device to play podcast Locked On Mets. So the Mets were unable to get this series sweep against the Milwaukee Brewers as they lost the second game of their doubleheader on Wednesday Robert Stock went out, actually did okay in four innings of work, but the Mets could not score any runs against Brett Anderson and the Brewers' bullpen. They had an opportunity with the bases loaded and nobody out late in that game, but they could not convert any runs, and ultimately they come up short of the sweep. But in Game 1 of the doubleheader, the Mets won in thrilling walk-off fashion, and that's what I talk about in the first segment with Jordan Grossman today. Jordan helps me run the social media accounts for Locked On Mets, and he was at that game. So we talk about his experience seeing all the action unfold in person. Then in the second segment, Jordan and I talk about the Mets at the trade deadline. Should they make a move, maybe swing for the fences and get Chris Bryant? We go through that a bit. On tomorrow's show, I'll play the remainder of my conversation with Jordan as we talked about the MLB draft. He's done a lot of research into the prospects. So we kind of dive through what to expect with that draft in the Mets, who will be picking 10th in the first round. But that is for tomorrow's show. Today in the third segment, I will be flying solo and previewing the upcoming series against the Pittsburgh Pirates. Before we get to any of that, though, I'm your host, Ryan Finkelstein. If you want to find any of my work, follow me on Twitter at FinkelsteinRyan. You can also find some of my writing about the Mets at MetsMariseOnline.com. All right, Mets fans, happy to once again be joined by Jordan Grossman, host of the Mets Believers podcast. Also, Jordan runs the Locked On Mets Twitter account along with Josh Finkelstein. So good to have you back on the show. And you were at the game today. And more importantly, you were at a three-hour rain delay. So I want to talk about your fan experience the last 48 hours. First of all, what was it like to be sitting through that delay? What was the atmosphere like? How many fans stuck around? What was going on in the ballpark? 
I mean, pretty much everyone sticked around because the vibe in the stadium was that the Mets wanted to get a DeGrom start done on Tuesday because they know then they could get two starts before the break instead of just one, even though I heard they're, they want to still pitch on, they wanted to pitch a couple innings on Sunday, which would be kind of cool. Um, but yeah, everyone was 930. Everyone was still there. Um, thankfully for me, um, I met up with an old buddy from high school, caught up a little bit. So I got to pass the time, but some fans I could see were miserable, were ready to go home, but like they didn't want to call the game until absolutely necessary. But listen, today, Ended up and they ended up uh, postponing it, playing today, and it was a great game. Yeah, you get a seven inning game instead of a nine inning game, but there is something that's kind of exciting when you get a pitcher's matchup like that with Burns and Degrom, where you know that every run counts. The Brewers hit a leadoff homer in the first, and you're already like, "Wow!" I mean, that could be the game right there if Burns goes complete game shutout. Also, that bullpen that they have. So, what was it like being at the being on the edge of your seat? I guess I should say for the entire game there. That's probably the best game I've been to since the national series in 2019 where JD, I think you remember Wilson Ramos hit that homer off Corbin, JD Davis got a couple of RBIs. That was a big game. Um, but yeah, that was, that was so much fun to watch those two go at it. Corbin Burns is, I think he finished top three in Cy Young voting last year. He's a really, really good pitcher. Um, he buries that cutter in on hitters constantly. And you can just see he was, he was painting the entire game. Um, the Mets were lucky to even get a run off him. It was pretty impressive. But to see them battle back in a game like that against Burns and then Devin Williams and Josh Hader, who literally didn't give up a home run the entire season, that's that, that's a big playoff team win. 100%. And Jose Peraza, uh, it's such a weird spot the Mets are in with this guy because he's the most clutch hitter on the team at times. Gets a home run against Hader. No one in the ballpark could have been expecting that. I know Peraza's been clutch, but come on. Hater had, like you said, had not allowed a home run all year. Yeah, I mean, for me, the, I thought the game was over after Guillaume hit that ground at the second with the bases loaded. I was like, all right, Hater's coming in for the seventh. It's the bottom of the order's coming up. It's probably done. But, he, you know, Peraza, I, I, you know, I put that post up the other week about how clutch he's been for the Mets with runners on with runners in scoring position. And then he comes up with the bases empty against the best reliever in baseball this year. And he, and he knocks one out to left, left center field. That was nobody, nobody was expecting that. Everyone was just, people were starting to leave. I saw fans starting to leave after the first out of the inning and then Peraza hits that home run and everyone's going crazy. It was, it was so much fun. I can't, I mean, and then you go to the extra innings and Edwin Diaz, look, I, I know he has been great this year in safe situations. There's this talk about non-safe situations. That's as high leverage as it gets. You come in, tie game, extra inning rule, and once again, he loses control. At what point do you get to where you consider throwing some other guys into those situations? Does he just have that at all times? Because I was starting to think, look, maybe a jury's familiar at times can be used because we've seen he's been maybe better this year with the control. Mm-hmm. Yeah, listen, I didn't expect Diaz to be as good as he was at the start of the season. He really impressed me, but the control is going to get away from him at times. You know, he's he's a reliever. It happens to all of them. Um, but this these last few outings have been really bad for him. I, I mean, Luis Ross talked about it like throughout his managerial tenure that he would like to have a, a closer by committee, not exactly like Edwin Diaz locked into that role, even though he's kind of been the de facto closer. Um, I'd love to see Familia get some opportunities. Trevor May, he's I think he's gone 10 straight scoreless outings now. He'd be a really good option. I think tonight, if if they're in a safe situation, May is probably going to get the ball. 
Um, even Drew Smith, uh, he's been one of my favorite reliever prospects for them for a while, and he's finally gotten healthy. And I think once in a while, he maybe he could get a safe situation. It's not an earned run because it's the ghost runner, but he comes in, he walks two, he hits a batter. That allows a run, and you're just lucky that the Mets were able to score in the bottom half of the inning. But, I mean, that's you need to throw strikes in those spots, especially when your stuff is as nasty as Edwin Diaz. But then again, on the other side, we saw some control issues from Brent Suter of the Brewers that led to a situation where Jeff McNeil comes up, has an opportunity to win the game. And I was surprised to learn first career walk-off for Jeff McNeil. Yeah, that, that was pretty surprising to hear that stat. Honestly, I really didn't have much confidence because he just hasn't been hitting the ball well all year. His I don't know if people saw on, on SNY, but his body language just the whole game didn't look great. He's been in a slump for a while ever since he came off the DL, but this was a big day for him. Um, I hope I hope this hit can really get him going because they need him in that lineup to spark that offense. They do, and he's not going to be in the lineup for the second game, although people are listening to this, the second game has already happened. But I think it's good that he kind of ends his day on that note and then maybe faced on some bad Pirates pitching over the weekend, and then you can go into the break feeling pretty good about yourself going into the second half. In just a minute, you'll hear me and Jordan switch gears and talk about the Mets' approach at the trade deadline. But before we get to that, today's episode is brought to you in part by Fully Loaded Chew. Fully Loaded Chew is tobacco-free, long-cut pouches that give you the same packed, dip, spit, and buzz you're used to, but without the tobacco. Available in nine flavors, Fully Loaded Chew is made with all food-grade ingredients and tobacco-free nicotine, the purest form of nicotine available. Dip has been associated with the game of baseball for as long as I can remember. I've had a lot of friends who started dipping when they were playing baseball. Then it became a part of their everyday life. Now I tell them, try Fully Loaded Chew. It tastes and feels just like the traditional smokeless products, which makes it an easy transition away from the tobacco products, which are worse for your health. This is the only moist nicotine pouch on the market. All of the nicotine pouches are dry white pouches. Nothing dips, spits, and packs like Fully Loaded Chew. And right now, they're offering our listeners a special offer. You can try a can for just $1. That's right, just $1 by going to FullyLoadedChew.com and use the promo code LOCKEDON. That's just $1 in free shipping if you use that code LOCKEDON at checkout. The next time you go for a dip, make it Fully Loaded Chew at FullyLoadedChew.com. One reason to repair and maintain your cars is to save money that you can use for more important things. So why would you choose to spend 30%, 50%, maybe even 100% more for the exact same auto parts at a chain store or new car dealership? Well, you can just go to rockauto.com, a family business that has been serving auto parts to customers online for 20 years. They have everything you could want from engine control modules to brake parts, tan lamps, motor oil, even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, Get everything you need in a few easy clicks and have it delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. You can quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and then choose the brand specifications and prices you prefer. Go to rockauto.com right now, see all the parts available for your car or truck, and make sure you're right locked on in there. How'd you hear about us, Box? So they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliable low prices. All the parts your car will ever need rockauto.com. You know, something I kind of talked about on yesterday's show when I was talking about Carrasco, this Mets team, when you eventually get to a rotation that's going to have Carrasco with that top three they already have, the bullpen as good as it's been, 
the offense starting to round into form. I mean, there's a chance this team's 10 games over going into the break. They're already, what, eight right now, maybe nine if they win the second game. How much do they really need to add this year? Is it really that big of a panic at the deadline to make those final moves, or can you almost stand pat? I don't know if you can stand pat. I think the bench is pretty solid. You know, we talked about Peraza. He's been a really clutch bat for them. Uh, VR and Davis are going to get plenty of opportunities and probably a platoon at third base. Uh, Guillaume is an on-base machine. So I, I think the bench is pretty set. Maybe you can make an upgrade with McKinney. I don't know. He's really lo- He's really cooled off with the bat. But to me, I think you just have to wait and see what Carrasco brings to the table because, you know, it's – He's been out for, what, three months now, and the hamstrings had tweaks a couple of times throughout the season. So I just want to make sure he's fully healthy. And because if he is fully healthy, we know the kind of starter he can be. You obviously talked about it on the show the other day. He can be the number two starter in this rotation. But, yeah, I, I just really want to wait. I, hopefully, Carrasco can be back like seven to ten days before the deadline so you can really get a good look at what, what he's bringing to the table. Yeah, I think that's going to be key, and I think – if Carrasco is healthy, then you're looking at maybe adding still some starter depth, maybe not front end depth. And then your bullpen, I mean, you could always use an arm. And then I guess if you're going to upgrade anywhere, maybe consolidate what you have at third base and try to get a better option. One name that we both like is Chris Bryant. I had you on before the season yeah. to talk about that trade. And I put a little thing together today. I want to hear your thoughts on this. What would you think about a J.D. Davis – now I got Jalen Palmer and Khalil Lee, but basically pick two top 20, top 30 prospects and, you know, not your untouchable guys for Brian and Andrew Chafin. What do you think that brings to the Mets? So, yeah, I like Chafin, but I think the Mets already have a reliever like that with Aaron Loop. He's been, you know, he's been a, one of the better lefties relievers in baseball this year. Um, but I, I, I like it. I think, Chris Bryant, obviously, I wrote that article for Mets Rise in the offseason where I, I thought that would be a huge upgrade for them. And I still think it would. Like, they need a little jolt in this lineup. Um, J.D. Davis is a good bat, but I don't think he's Chris Bryant. And Bryant can also – not only can he play third base, he can, he's versatile. He's played a couple of the outfield spots. Um, he can play some first base if you really need him to. Um, and you, you take a half-year rental like that and you throw a couple, like you said, top ten prospects in there. I'm all good with that as long as you're not touching guys like Alvarez and Matt Allen and Brett Beatty. Yeah, the way I look at it, you know, if you're talking to the Cubs and they're trying to get a deal done, you say, look, J.D. Davis will appease your fan base. You'll get someone in there who's going to, you know, hit some home runs, give you some success in the regular season to close out the year so it's not a complete wash as far as the fans are concerned. And you have them pick a few prospects that they like. But I would keep, like you said, Alvarez off the table, Mauricio, Jin, Beatty, all those guys. I think the one prospect that I've kind of talked about all year is like a Mark Vientos line, where I think Vientos has had a great season, but because you have Beatty, he's the one prospect I would maybe dangle, but I'm not sure if I would do it for a rental. What are your thoughts about Vientos for a Brian or any other kind of big name rental you could acquire? Honestly, I've been a huge Mark Vientos fan for a lot, a long time. You know, we're, we're about to talk about the draft. Um, Vientos was like the first year I covered, I really started looking at the draft. He was one of my favorite prospects that year. But as, as good as he's been on offense, um, defense at third base has been really bad from re- reading some of the scouting reports. He's been playing some third base, some first base 
uh, down at Binghamton. They even try to get him left field, even though I don't. I, he's probably going to be like Lucas Duda out there. Um, so I'd be fine giving him up. I really don't have any issues with that if you're getting a guy like Chris Bryant. Beatty is someone I've really done a complete 180 on in the, in the last few months. I didn't love the pick at the time, but he's really improved, not only offensively, but defensively. I heard he looks a lot better at third base. He lost some weight in the offseason, so he's a little bit better first step. Um, the arm has always been a plus for him, so I, I think Beatty should be off the table in that, and Vientos, I'm, I'm totally cool with that. All right, so like I said, I have more of that conversation with Jordan Grossman that I'll play on tomorrow's show where we really dive into the MLB draft, but I do want to spend another minute here talking about the Chris Bryant situation because this continues to become a storyline. It kind of fell off the table for a bit in the beginning of the season as the Cubs got off to that great start, but they've lost 11 in a row. looks like they're about to beat the Phillies, so that'll snap that losing streak, but they've fallen below 500 it looks like they're out of that division right now and that definitely leaves them up to be a seller at the deadline and that's where you could see a Chris Bryant trade and again we'll probably talk about this more as we get closer to the deadline gonna do a lot of stuff with the deadline next week during the all-star break but I just want to note if you make a deal for Chris Bryant this would be a guy as we kind of mentioned there that you can play in left field you can play in right play at first, you can play at third, he gives you that versatility, he would automatically become one of the best hitters in your lineup. Trying to think, probably the best right-handed batter that you would have. I guess you got Pete Alonso would be the other, but the point being, that would obviously change the complexion of your team come October. It just gets down to the cost of acquisition, and we'll hammer out those details more as this period before the deadline progresses, but I think if you're looking at the type of a trade that you would make, I think it's an all-in-one move where you could get a couple of rentals that really fill out your needs. So maybe it's Chris Bryant and Andrew Chafin. As I mentioned, Chafin, a 1.51 ERA this season. That gives you another arm in the bullpen. And considering Miguel Castro's struggles and some of the other health concerns, I think the Mets could use another reliever. You also could target Zach Davies with the Cubs. It's a 4-2-8 ERA this year. He's been basically the poster child of a replacement level starter. You get him, fills out your depth. He can be your fifth starter until you know you get healthy or for the remainder of the season. So those are the types of moves I would like to see the Mets consider if they're going to have a big haul where they're going to get a guy that's going to change everything and they're going to have to give up something to get it. Try to get more than just a player like Bryant try to get an arm in that deal as well. And you also can go the other route entirely and just shop for cheap rentals and kind of fill in your roster that way. So the Mets have options. And again, we will talk about all of those options over the next couple of weeks before we get into the deadline. I just wanted to expand on that a little bit. And in just a minute, I will preview the Mets upcoming series against the Philadelphia Phillies. And if you want to bet on that series, Go to bet online. It's the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. So whether it's the NBA Finals, maybe you believe that the Bucks are going to come back in that series after falling behind 1-0, or maybe it's the Mets against the Pirates. You think that's some easy money? You can go to bet online. You can even bet on awards, TV shows, reality TV. They have so much there to choose from with real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you could imagine. Bet online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. 
It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. So head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit with our promo code Locked On. Again, that's promo code Locked On to receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. New game day shirt, boom, cash back. Food for the tailgate, boom, cash back. Even buying a round can earn you cash back when you use your debit card. And yes, we said debit card. With Discover Cashback Debit, everyone can earn cash back on everyday purchases. In sports, it's hard to predict who's taking the win, but you know what's guaranteed to win? Discover Cashback Debit. Did I mention there are no fees, period? This one is a real game changer. Check out transaction eligibility and terms at discover.com slash cashbackdebit. Discover Bank, member FDIC. Right now, the Mets have a great opportunity to just completely go into the break on cloud nine. You've survived the injuries. Your team is healthy. You just beat the Brewers. You just beat the Yankees. A couple nice series victories. You close that against the Pirates. And even though the Pirates just took two or three against the Braves, they're not good. I'm sorry. They can beat you. Don't get too out ahead of yourself and be thinking about a beach during the break or thinking about some timeout in Colorado with the All-Star Game festivities and forget that you have four games left to play. But in reality, the Mets should be able to crush the Pirates. It's one of the worst teams in the National League. They're 19-25 and when they play in Pittsburgh this year, but this series is taking place in Queens, and they are 13-29 and on the road. They have only won three of their last 10 games. You look at their lineup, and there's some good hitters. Brian Reynolds and Adam Frazier, to be particular, uh, Cabrian Hayes and Colin Moran are a couple others with Hayes being a standout rookie that did deal with some injuries early on in the year and is just getting back healthy now. There's some guys that you can be scared of, but overall, that lineup does not have a lot of depth. It is the lineup of a last place team, so you shouldn't be worried about them putting up a ton of runs, and their pitching staff is not great either. Game one, it'll be Taiwan Walker going against JT Brubaker who I believe is their ace of sorts. He has a 4.09 ERA this season. Last time out, he gave up five runs to the Brewers. I would call him, just looking at his starts this year, consistently mediocre. So you think the Mets probably could do well. Then again, mediocre starting pitchers tend to be a little bit more than that against the Mets at times. So you can't just say this is a win. I'm also, as I'm going through my notes here, just cycling through my head and trying to remember... Who is Brubaker in a sports movie? I believe it's Billy Brubaker. Is that the linebacker from Waterboy? Did I got that right? Okay, I feel like I have to look this up now because it's just on the mind. I mean, Brubaker takes you to a certain place that you have to go. Billy Brubaker, live podcasting. Gotta love it. Oh, Billy Brubaker, Summer Catch. He was the catcher in Summer Catch, also played by the same actor who was shaggy in Scooby-Doo. So how about that? Anyway, getting back to the Mets in this series, you got Taiwan Walker, as I said, going against Brubaker. This will be his last bid before maybe being an All-Star. He's a 2-4-4 ERA this season. Jacob deGrom said that he will not be going to the All-Star game. That did not get changed by that alteration in his schedule, and he campaigned for Walker today. 
So I imagine he will be an all-star, and that'll be his last chance to kind of put a stamp on a fantastic first half of the season. Marcus Stroman will look to do the same in Game 2. He has a 2-6-0 ERA on the season. The Pirates have not announced a starter for that game just yet. Game 3 will be Tyler Anderson versus Tyler McGill. Anderson has a 4-3-9 ERA in 16 starts this year. I talked about Anderson when I was going through different rental pitchers the Mets could acquire. This is either last week or the week before at this point. He's kind of your left-handed starter, a John Neese, a Jason Vargas type. A guy that's not going to be exceptional, but he's going to be good enough. He's going to eat some innings for you. I still think that's an option for the Mets. This is a guy who is going to be a free agent next year. He's not going to get a qualifying offer. He's not going to fetch anything crazy. So if you're the Pirates and you can get a low-level prospect that might turn into something, maybe you make a deal. And for the Mets, those are the types of pitchers I would be targeting right now at the deadline just because you can add some depth. But again, I don't think you need frontline depth. So Anderson, it's going to be good to see what he looks like. And it could be an audition of sorts if he is, in fact, on the block. He's going up against McGill, who has a 3.77 ERA through three starts. Was very good his last time out against the Brewers. Had seven strikeouts, only gave up a couple of hits. Going to be good to see him get the ball again. He, as well as auditioning, to remain in this rotation. And so you go against a bad team in the Pirates. And you're expected to do a little bit more. So maybe he gets into the sixth inning for once. That would be something to see him show a little bit of length in one of these starts. Has not gotten past the fifth this year. The final game will be Chase DeYoung going against TBD right now. We don't know who the Mets will throw out there. DeYoung has a 5.08 ERA in seven starts with Pittsburgh this year. A career 6.34 ERA in 88 innings. And with that said... The Mets should be able to beat a pitcher like that with whatever they throw out there. And this is the last game before the All-Star break. So everyone should be good to go coming out of that bullpen. And Rojas even hinted today that Jacob DeGrom could still pitch on Sunday. They could structure his work in between starts so that he would basically be throwing his side bullpen on his regular routine on Sunday during that game. Generally, DeGrom would have a day where he just played catch, then he'd have his side bullpen session, another day where he might play catch, and then he'd be back on the mound. So instead, you just wouldn't have him throw a bullpen. He'd maybe play catch the next couple of days, and then on three days rest, he'd go back out and maybe give you two or three innings at the start of a game that would be a bullpen game where everybody would be on the table to pitch as you try to close out the first half strong. So that could be interesting. I don't know if I would do that with DeGrom, I think if he is okay with that and he wants to do that, he wants to take the ball, I would let him. But also, if you consider the injuries he's had in the first half, I would almost be more comfortable just saying, DeGrom, relax for eight, nine days, enjoy your all-star break, stay in your throwing routine, and then get back at it for the second half. That would probably be the safest and smartest thing to do, especially considering the fact that it's the Pirates. I just don't think you need him. But anyway, that's a discussion for a later date for now. Hopefully we'll see the Mets take the first game of the series against the Pirates, and we'll talk about that on tomorrow's show as well as preview the MLB draft for the Mets. So make sure you tune in then. As always, thank you for listening. Make sure you follow, rate, and review wherever you get your podcasts. Make sure you follow me on Twitter, at Finkelstein Ryan. Follow the show, at LockedOnMets. There, 
we have a giveaway for a signed photo of Al Leiter. Make sure you enter for a chance to win. Also, if you want to get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes, check out the Locked On Today podcast. Hosted by Peter Bukowski, Locked On Today updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get podcasts. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.